Union of the Unknowns, a podcast dedicated to the exploration of modern culture, presents a weekly digest of current events that may have slipped past your radar. This is not your mama's news. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Not Your Mama's News, presented by the Union of the Unknowns. I'm your host tonight, Keel Thor. With me are the unknowns. She's a woman of high sophistication. <laughs> Ashley, change repeat. Hello, how are we doing today? Doing great. And she's a true Sheila from the land down under, Stella Q. I am. I still am. How you going? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm glad you guys Excellent. are doing well as well. And anybody watching us live, hopefully you're doing well. Or listening. Later. Doing maybe. Well. Yes. Uh, and I welcome. will I will go ahead and say that we do have, um, for sure, our buddy Jen is over on Rumble. So hello, hey. Jen. Hey, hello, Jen. Jen. We love you. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I think everybody knows what Not Your Mom's News is about, bringing high-quality news and information straight to you from that represents the clown world in which we live. Uh, tonight, I want to pass the ball off to Ashley. I think she's got a very important announcement. I do have an important announcement. Um, so shout out to Stella. Actually, she's the one that helped me out with this story, and I did need it today. So I'm just going to go ahead and start off by saying this is from Becker News. And of course, it will be linked in the show notes. But New York Appeals Court reverses decision rules the governor may decree arbitrary lockdowns. So apparently after the lockdowns happened and it was challenged in court that the governor should not be able to mandate this type of thing, specifically um, quarantine designations to people, that um, it was challenged by the New York State Attorney General. And this happens to be the same woman who was going after Trump in New York City. So I definitely feel that there is an agenda from this person. But anyway, so she challenged it. Um, that is Attorney General Letitia James. So she filed the appeal of, um, of that ruling. And it was overturned, not based on anything that was wrong with the case, but it was based on uh, an old favorite that they quote did not have standing, which that may sound familiar to us here and some of our friends that are listening because this was one of the things that they would use to brush off Garland Favrito in the voter GA situation. They would say that his case didn't have standing, even though, um, you know, that seems from someone who was not an attorney and not in the legal system, that seems like an arbitrary ruling. Um, so now I do believe that it's going to be challenged again, but uh, I'm going to read you a blip here. 
We are deeply disappointed in the appellate division's ruling in favor of the Hoshal administration in the case of Boreo Lawler Tag Uniting New York State versus Hoshal. The court did not address the merits of the case, which were outlined by Judge Plotz in his original decision. Instead, they shamefully reversed and dismissed the case on a technicality, claiming that we, the petitioners, somehow lacked standing to bring the case in the first place. We strongly disagree with the ruling and are concerned about the widespread implications of this erroneous decision. They have not only paved the way for Hoshal and her Department of Health to reissue this heinous rule, but they have set a precedent to preclude citizens from rightfully challenging government overreach in court, and they've effectively unconstitutionally empowered the executive branch to overreach into policymaking, which is a decision that could open the door to further abuses of power. In light of Governor Hoshal's other overreaches into the daily lives of New Yorkers, including her effort to ban gas stoves, her housing plan that would eliminate local zoning, and her excessive mask mandates on children, to name a few. Our concerns are well warranted. This has been a David versus Goliath fight from the beginning on many levels, so it is not surprising that the state, with its limited, limitless resources, has effectuated a win this round. We will never stop fighting for New Yorkers against government overreach. And so we will be appealing this calamitous decision to the Court of Appeals, our state's highest courts, which is a court of constitutional integrity. And we are confident justice for New Yorkers. I'm confident in justice for New Yorkers. Um, so if this stands, though, this is very concerning. And some of the really concerning stuff about it was the fact that there are not limits on where you can be quarantined, whether that's in your home, whether that's a medical facility or some other facility, and there's no time limit either. So I do think this is concerning. I do hope that the next level up will find in the interest of the people, but I know that we know that it's 50-50. I would say that a lot of the, I do think there are some people that try to be constitutional, but I think it's getting less and less and less, and that those people are being co-opted, bought out, and the new regime basically is supporting the new regime. And definitely this Letitia Jackson lady is concerning because we've seen her go after Trump, not because Trump's not a, a criminal because every president is a criminal, but because it's so one-sided. And uh, of course that's on the heels of the January 6th punishment for people that were quote supporting Trump. Well, it's definitely um, a violation of the eighth amendment which, yep. let me just read that out, in very short, excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel or unusual punishments inflicted. Uh, that's the short version. But yes, it's definitely a violation of personal rights, the constitution, etc. But I think you nailed it when you said the new regime is supporting the new regime, because that is yeah. exactly what's happening. Yeah. The, uh, the cabinets have been infiltrated. Yes, so, they have. That's it. Yeah. Is is this the same court case they're overturning that uh, ruled that the um, the vaccine didn't prevent the spread, and so all of the people that quit because they were being forced to take the vaccine 
or being reinstated and all that stuff. Is that the same thing? Is that the that's, same? That's a very good question, but I, I would have to look into that kill and see if it was the same court that ended up ruling. My guess would be that it's not the same people. And it sounds like there's still a couple of levels for them to go up. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, the vaccine mandate and the back pay and all that stuff would continue to go up as well. Um, and so that was my concern when I saw that headline was that, oh, crap, all these people who were being, you know, made whole again are suddenly going to lose all of their livelihood all over again. You know, <clears throat> yes, I, I do think that that's possible. It's also especially concerning that it's right on the heels of um the this buzz that is starting to be generated out of a respiratory illness in China <laughs> mm -hmm. um i do find it concerning you know we've had a lot of people in the liberty community tell us that they're not done with health tyranny we knew that ourselves right um so i i do find it concerning because we know that the health angle is important for them um and i i do feel like as soon as you knew that letitia um what did I say her last James. name was? I lost it. Uh, that she was James. involved, Letitia James, um, that we're dealing Two with a lot names. of corruption. Yeah. And here's the other thing is that as bad as Cuomo was as the governor of New York, and he was bad and he was part of the narrative, he helped kill old people. He was at least voted in, in as much as that's legitimate. This woman was not. She's an unelected official operating in the capacity of an elected official. They don't elect attorney generals, attorneys general. Talking about Kathy Hochul. She was the replacement for Andrew, Andrew Cuomo. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. <clears throat> yeah. So it, it is a very concerning hmm. situation. Uh, that did cross my mind and I sort of didn't get to it. I wanted to look into that attorney's general because he's the dude. He, she, I'm not she, sure. she, okay. Is the person. Um, I know use that term very lightly, but, um, overturned the constitutional Supreme Court decision. I mean, what, why, what was the reasoning for that? Can we just see the logic there, please? Exactly. If you had in the best interest of people, why would you be, um, why would you appeal that decision that ruled in favor of the people and said, yes, their, their rights were violated? Why would you do well, that? Well, it's because they're keeping us safe and healthy. So, I mean, yeah. that's, that's what it's all about, it's, uh, keeping the public safe. <laughs> exactly. It's safe. A, it's a well, popular move. safe whether you, you know? like it or not. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, whether we like it or not, we're all in the minority here as far as all that stuff is concerned. So, you know, if you're, if you're just, if you're only, if you're a politician and you're only concerned with keeping your job and not helping anybody, then you're going to go with whatever the, the popular, at least in in your um, party, is concerned. The popular opinion, you know, and you're going to follow that. You're going to toe the line, toe the party line. So, yeah, uh, it was just crazy. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Do you want to say something first, Ashley? Oh, it just it. Even if we are in the minority here, and I do agree with that, but it's just crazy that it would be, okay, so people, your constituents are the ones that filed the lawsuit to begin with. So you literally are not listening to your constituents and taking their wishes into account. 
and by appealing this, what would be her reasoning except for she literally is the new regime. That's it. Go ahead, Sal. Yeah. Um, I can see it sort of, well, as we say, multifaceted is the name of the game. Uh, and it is a game. Alex Jones comes to mind in the sense of they are making an example out of certain things. They're showing their powers, flexing their muscles, etc. Um, there's a lot of that going on. He's obviously the most famous one. Um, it's, it's, it's a game of cat and mouse. It's a game of sort of tug and war, I suppose, because what they generally do is they bring in these really harsh things that they know nobody's really going to go for. Um, and then they tend to sort of play with that a little bit, again, flex their muscles, and then, you know, things will be receded and then they'll be brought in again and then a, a slightly cooler version will come back, a gentler version will come in and then everyone goes, oh, phew, that's better, and then let it in, you know, so that's how they work. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think they're trying to do is evacuate New York so they can build it back better. Yeah. Um, that's going on not just in New York. San Francisco also comes to mind. I don't know. There's, it could probably list them for the next, you know, till the cows come home. <laughs> well, and, the, if they want to take a cue from, you know, you're, you're the neck of the woods, all they need to do is flood the city and then they oh, can do yeah, And the fires as well. Yeah. yeah Absolutely. Sure. Sure. Um, and I do think there is some, uh, there's a lot of validity to that. And I think there are some other evidence that would support it. For example, the, in New York city, if you are, if you defend yourself from an attack or a crime, then you're pretty much guaranteed that you're going to get punished, but not the people who are trying to murder you, stab you, rape you, rob mm -hmm. you, Mm -hmm. randomly punch you. I mean, that precedent is being set by these people. Yes. So there's a lot of um, inversion happening here. And I certainly do think that getting people out who would object to this kind of stuff is part of the narrative because they do want to build back better. And it's going to be very easy when you have a bunch of poor people who are natives and a whole bunch of migrants that you have bust in and it's going to be super easy to put them in a 15 minute city because they're already in a place in a position of dependence. So here you do your digital ID, you um, get your brain chip, you get your vaccine and here you go. You got your money and you got your little pod to live in. So it's already, it, it would, it would work seamlessly to, to establish that if you had the dissenters out of there. So maybe that is part of it. And then the other part is, setting a highly dangerous precedent for this country starting putting people in quarantine camps like what we saw in Australia. Now, I would also like to say that's not the first time that it's happened here. We know that Japanese people, Japanese Americans were put in internment camps back in World War II. So the game has been afoot for a very long time. It's just 2.0. You know, yeah, probably more like 5.6. <laughs> if you want to talk about reparations, the Japanese that were thrown in internment camps and their families, that's a pretty legitimate claim, I would say. Sure. I think a lot of a lot of cases yeah, could be made. I mean they're still people, alive. Yeah. Within, people you know drafted into Vietnam, right? I mean, into into made up wars. Yeah, but yeah. you're right. Um Just, I had another thing. Sorry, Stella. Sorry, um, <clears throat> the 15-minute city concept, I don't, I don't disagree with the concept, but I disagree with it when it's being constructed by 
uh, government, the state, you know, I don't like it there. But if I were a billionaire entrepreneur guy, and if we were living in a, in a free market, like we all want to be in, <clears throat> I would park a bus by the border and, and tell all the migrant workers to come on. I got jobs for you and drive them up to my, you know, 15 minute city that I built right next to my factory and let them, let them go and then have at it. Well, that's not necessarily an old concept. I mean, even oh, here in, in North Carolina, in the rural places they're company, where they're, towns. yeah, they're, they would have yeah. textiles or, um, you Coal name it. Mining. Yeah. Well, in North Carolina, not, it would be more likely Carolina. to be textiles, cotton, yarn, stuff like that. And they had mill houses set up around there for people to live. So mm -hmm. if it's voluntary, that's one thing, but obviously that isn't True. the situation that we're dealing with. And if you have transparency, that's one thing, but this is a real uh, carrot and a stick. And I did want Um, is that just me? I, I thought that was, uh, I thought it was me. No, we've no. lost Ashley. She's frozen. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll just get my point out while she yeah, go ahead. sorts that out. Uh, there's a few things there. I just want to rewind a little bit back to what some, she was talking about. Some comments um, from, uh, okay. <laughs> Keep going, Stella. Um, did I drop off? You... Sorry. <laughs> yeah. For about 30 seconds, at least frozen. <laughs> Shall I continue? Yes, please go ahead. We also had that example here in Australia of, for instance, the perpetrator getting off and the victim being criminalized. And one thing that comes to mind was, uh, it was a few years ago now, probably six, seven, um, on in Newcastle, north of Sydney, I think it was, um, there was a rapist basically standing at the foot of a little girl's bed and the father came in, found him, and I think he stabbed him or something, but he basically, the, the guy ended up dying. And yeah, he was, he was in big trouble. Like, <laughs> uh, the victim who killed the perpetrator was in big trouble. Now, what would you do? There's, it's, it's a no brainer, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but the, the public really got behind this fella. And, um, I, to be honest, I really can't remember the outcome, whether he actually got any kind of conviction. It might've been maybe manslaughter or something. I'm, I'm really not sure, but it was pretty impressive the way the public got behind him, but it just, it just sparked that memory. So yes, it's, it's definitely happening here as well. And it has been for quite some time. Um, yeah. I don't think I remember the, that story. Yeah. Yeah. You I might don't have heard about it. Yeah. The, um, the thing about the 15 minute cities, I, I, I sort of do agree with you in, in some ways, Keels, like the, the concept is, yeah. the concept is great for some people because some people like that kind of life. It's when it's forced on people and the mm. surveillance, I mean, that's, you know, the biggest thing that's, that's why they're doing this. It's for the surveillance. Whereas people think it's because they, they're trying to do the right thing for the people. Um, I mean, that, if that suits you, knock yourself out go and live in a 15 minutes, go and live in a freaking five minute city. I don't care. But personally, I don't want to be rubbing shoulders with anyone. I like my personal space. I like my hills and my acres and what have you. Don't have it currently, but I will one day. Yep. Um, so there's that. But the other thing is about all this, I keep, and I haven't checked it out myself. I did put a uh, link in the private chat. If, if you want to bring it up, we will get copyright. So you have to turn the audio down. But uh, I keep thinking of a movie called Escape from New York. Have any of you seen that? 
It's Hell a 1981 yes. film. Um, <laughs> Kurt Russell, Snake John Pliskin. Carpenter. Yeah. What's that? Snake Plissken. That was his character's name. That was yeah. That's right. Yeah. Gosh, it's been yeah. I haven't watched it probably since the eighties. So um, I don't know whether that's got any relevance, but it just keeps coming into my mind. I kept wanting to check it out. So I don't know if we can just put that in the show notes if people want to have a look. But do you it's, remember uh, if it was relevant? Sort of. I mean, it, from what I'm to, seeing there, well, there's a bunch of police. You know, trying to. It was it was a dystopian future New York. And yeah. Yeah. he was sent in yeah. under certain circumstances. And I'm not going to give you give away any spoilers, but it was kind of a dark action movie type thing. But it was really great. It was a you know classic John Carpenter type uh, 80s action type thing. Well, you can't, you can't go any, wrong. If when, I was when a Kurt New Yorker, I'd, John Carpenter together. Yeah, if I was a New Yorker, I'd definitely be pulling a Kurt Russell right now and escaping from New York <laughs> yeah. if possible. Right. But that's what they want, so. Give them what they yeah. want and get the hell out of there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. That's a good movie. The follow-up movie, Escape from L.A., was not oh, as right. good. Okay. And I don't even I know if that, that was John Carpenter. Was it? Escape was there from a, an Escape from SF by any chance after that? Trilogy, I, don't, perhaps, I don't think so. I don't know if there was an Escape movie after that. Uh, it'll probably be out next week now that I've mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. AI, I'll straight onto it. <laughs> Well, uh, Ashley, anything else to add from that story? I know you dipped out there for a minute. Yeah, my apologies. Also, uh, I think I somehow accidentally set our YouTube video to private. Um, so I don't know Can how to be fix changed that. midstream or not. I don't think so. That's what I was wow. looking uh, looking at. But anyway, so we're going to roll with that. But, but we are live on um, available publicly on Rumble right now, Twitch. So I just wanted to read a couple of comments from the guys. So Sir Tim had said, as we started talking um, <laughs> when I was bringing up the president, he said, if the president does it, it's not illegal. Richard Nixon. And Jen said, I have a question. Do we embrace illiberalism or do we stick to our principles? Tim said, Stella, are you saying the call is coming from inside of the house? Jen said, many such cases of unelected officials. Yes. And uh, Sir Tim said, Cuomo never did make use of those hospital ships despite the emergency rooms being overwhelmed, but not too overwhelmed for TikTok rehearsals. <laughs> I would agree with that. Um, there is a little bit more uh, chiming in here, but I was a little bit behind. So I just wanted to say that Jen said, yes, yes, yes. Welfareism is part of it. Totally agree. Usher in the digital ID using the migrant crisis. And then Sir Tim said, uh, the company town and the company store. And then Jen said, fuck yeah, John Carpenter. <laughs> he liked <laughs> Escape from LA. And Sir Tim said, if I were a New Yorker, I'd be in upstate New York. New York City can get bent. I will agree with that. I actually lived in upstate New York and I really um I really liked it there. And I thought a lot of people were kind of on the same page. Now, I will say that this was before I realized that the globalists were trying to kill us all and it was before COVID lockdowns and vaccines and stuff like that. So, um it was in a different place. Were you uh, were you living there in the Sex and the City days? I can just see you in a little group <laughs> having your cocktails. <laughs> no, I was post Sex and the City. I was uh, I was not quite there, but menopause actually, in the city. Yeah, um, I actually did really like 
lit once I got settled, I loved upstate New York. And there's this grocery store chain called Wegmans. And it was the absolute best. Like they had, it was a huge grocery store. They had hot bars. They had sushi. You could just go in, grab it. Delicious. Every time it was amazing. I was very sad to leave upstate, but like I said, that was before COVID. So I think I would have been having a really hard time up there at that time. So can you explain to me, if, if all this sort of is going on in New York City, right? I'm being geographically retarded like I am. Right. Upstate New York is, is like, is that a, that's a very much an outskirt of the city, I gather. Any, anywhere and, um, else in New York State is called upstate New York, I guess. Pretty much. Okay, so pretty this much. is all pretty much just concentrated in New York City, is it? It wouldn't sort of affect the outskirts so mm. much? It will. It will because yeah. it's from a governor level. So <laughs> it will even though most of the rest of the state sends their tax dollars to support New York City and New York City is, as you know, like super progressive, super UN, all that stuff, they the rest of the state will be affected by this. Oh, and actually yes. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I have no doubt that, yes, it's setting a precedent so then it'll trickle down. Of course, I, I get that. But I was just wondering, this, currently these things are very much just concentrated in New York City at the moment. Well, yeah. the migrant crisis is, but as far as the original story with the governor's ruling, that mm -hmm. was statewide to oh, begin okay. with. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Yeah. So, the, But the migrant crisis for sure is going to be affecting the city, but... Obviously, because of the tax dollar situation, the rest of New York State and a lot of people do feel like they're kind of a prisoner there. Um, I think that's pretty pretty true uh, in most states. You know that every state has a, a big metropolitan area, more yeah, or less. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you yeah. could say that about the uh, Dakotas or something, but you know, Atlanta and Georgia affects all of Georgia, and it's turning blue, if not already. And but. You know, and you say that about Oregon out out there and you've got Portland and that's very blue, but the rest of it is red. And same with California, really. Just the major yeah. cities along the coast are blue, but the, okay. the you know. So that's so what I, I see when I see a map of red, blue, and then there's purple. That's yeah. what you're talking about. Like so red well, on the outside and blue on the inside, that type of thing. Well, the purple states usually indicate that it's kind of in, in transition. It's going okay. from one way to the, or the other. Even the states right. are changing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but if you look at any presidential election map where they show, where they color each county in the city, in the states, yep. you can very easily see it's it's almost entirely red. You just have these blue dots where the major cities yeah. are Austin, LA, New York, uh, yeah. Chicago. Places that sort of matter more really in one sense, aren't they? They're Really yeah. like a little a little dot can have more power than a big red area yeah. yes so. yeah and it, even yeah. even though the little dot is getting funded from the big red area <laughs> yeah yeah that's it yeah. so it's, it's and two, places, two wings of the same purple bird yeah mm -hmm. it, it really is and so the thing is that a lot of states back in the day back in the good old days were it was red you know texas was red north carolina was red georgia was mm -hmm. red very red but yeah. But as people are getting run out of their communist states, it's becoming more and more purple. And as the cities are getting builder or bigger, more and more purple. So they are, it's a true Yuri Bezmenov style infiltration, yeah, really, totally. because it's he been taking us. place. Yeah. Over a matter of decades. Um, Tim said, 
that replacement migration, courtesy of the United Nations, agreed. And Austin, Texas, the blueberry in the tomato soup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it's a great dilution, isn't it? I mean, that's why the, a lot of those – well, that's one of the facets of why a lot of those immigrants were brought in, is to dilute the whites, and they're all, you know – warfaring age a lot of the males um, oh yeah they're gonna be ready to sign up whenever they're handing out their um government issued ar-15s mm-hmm. and these people are going to be so disconnected from the populace and they might already be criminals we don't know we've heard that that some of them literally were let out of jails so if they were criminals in their other country not that i subscribe to everything that the justice system says i'm just saying that it's possible that you have a type that is being specifically brought in here. Not only are they military aged fighting men disconnected from the populace in the country, but if they truly were prisoners and convicted of crimes, then that would indicate uh, less of a hesitancy to truly be a jackboot on the throat of the American populace. That's just happened here. They've let a bunch of criminals out, rapists and all that. And not really, um, there's something about they're not really monitoring them properly and all this sort of thing. That so, sounds yeah, uh, I mean, the playbook, the old playbook. It is the playbook. It's the lockstep for sure, because yeah. that was happening. Um, that started happening around here during COVID times as well, that they were reducing sentences of some, but it wasn't necessarily in a way that would make sense. Like, oh, you got the three start rule for weed. We're letting you out. It wasn't like that, you know? Um, right. <clears throat> So Sir Tim said, I remember after Trump was elected, Hillary started wearing purple. Oh, that's a a whole discussion in and of itself because the giant Mm. Stacey Abrams wears purple all the time, which is the color of royalty, the color of trust. Jen said, yes, of course, she's trying to play royal chest queen. And uh, Jen says that Trump sticks to his orange spheres. Sir Tim said... Oh, go ahead, Sal. I was just going to say, it's, isn't it interesting that Prince, who was called, uh, his band was the Purple Revolution. Mm. Because, New uh, power. If you're thinking about Ollie Demigod and, and his kind of way of thinking about things. and I mean, we've talked about the color revolutions. It seems I, to be I thought Prince, it was Prince and the New Power Generation. Oh, that was Generation, not Revolution. Prince sorry. and the Purple Revolution Purple was Revolution. definitely yeah. his band in the earlier days. Yeah. Yeah, so they said that uh, Sir Tim said true, Jen, and red and purple, or red and blue make purple, and he said exactly dialectical synthesis signaling the uniparty. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a lot, and there is something to the colors, absolutely, and I think just the establishment of red versus blue to begin with um, is significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have they, has the Democrat, the Democratic Party has been around since the origins of our country. Have they always held on to blue, I wonder? Because the Republicans didn't officially enter the scene until Abraham Lincoln was president. And Good question. have they always been red since then, the grand old party? I don't know. Good question. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if we were to find out that like it wasn't until uh, Brzezinski's time, whenever they were really hacking propaganda, that the, the right. rise of the colors of the party um, became, you know, a, as well known and as consistently associated with them. But you mm-hmm. never know. And the the elephant and the the donkey, 
the that symbolism. I don't know yeah. where that comes from exactly, but so know. Jen said red pillar of severity, blue pillar of mercy. Now that tracks with progressives, um, but okay. it's actually a pillar of severe mercy, uh, weaponized mercy. And Tim said Ole was just on tinfoil hat. Interesting conversation. It always is with him. You know, don't know, don't know whether he's cool or not, but he's he's certainly got some interesting stuff. I love all the symbology that he brings to the yeah. forefront because it's it really helps you look into things like well, it's harder now with the whole AI crap. They've really they've really muddied the swamp with AI, but you can't really believe anything you see anymore, unfortunately, unless you look really hard and you know what to look for. But prior to that flooding, um, even though it's been around longer, yeah, I know. Anyway. Um, Ollie would point out things like the overturned baby prams or push bikes on their side, sh shoes, sneakers, um, yeah. all sorts of things that are consistent when you start realizing that they're there. Purple was another one. Um, and it seemed, you know, that, that varies because it seems to change, um, depending on what wave set, they are in. Set dressing, set dressing. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. That. I, that makes a lot of sense. And I think Jen is really good at that too. I mean, he's, if he, if you give him an image to analyze, he will analyze it and at least point out to you, well, I don't know necessarily, but if this was taken by them, certainly this is what I see. This is the colors that they're using. This is the, the layout, even the, the aesthetic of, um, of the picture. And I think that it is very fascinating and there's a lot to look into from what, they tm <laughs> put out there yeah um yeah. looking forward to getting together with gin actually we've talked about doing a bit of a thing on that so we should do it Let's definitely do it image analysis mm -hmm. i love that all right speaking of analyses analysis analyses is plural plural correct all right anyway uh analysis i've got a story <laughs> and yes analysis uh, the, if, if you're familiar with um, controversial archaeological historic sites, there's one over in Indonesia called Gunung Padang that I've read about previously. Um, Sounds and like a drum roll with a symbol on the end. The, uh, the article I read was very dismissive of the claims of people, uh, proponents of the site's historicity. Uh, the claim is that it's 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 a it's a big mound basically that's some people say is man-made, but you know the the broader archaeological you know uh, community kind of says nah that's that's nothing that's nothing. Uh, but there was a new study that came out and they've analyzed um, using various dating methods. I know those can be kind of. Uh, um, criticized here and there but they've uh their analysis says that this very large pyramid is uh could be as old as 27,000 years old which way predates any other megalithic structure that it's currently we know about anyway um, but it's the study has actually caught the attention of some more mainstream uh, archaeologists and so now they're going to start doing some investigation and it looks kind of interesting the the core of the pyramid is a is a very ancient volcanic structure it's just volcanic stone but they did a bunch of uh you know ground penetrating radar and 
those sort LIDAR. of scans. Yeah, LIDAR. And they found mm. that the, uh, the, the volcanic structure is very meticulously carved. So it, it doesn't, it's not a, doesn't look like a, a natural phenomenon. And there are layers of dirt that appear to be placed as if they were large bricks uh, in place all around this thing. And then layers and layers of stuff. So it looks like this is a very, very old man-made structure. Uh, and they've, you know, like I said, they're dating methods. So tens of thousands of years old. Uh, so I'm very interested in this and I'm going to try to keep an eye on it as much as I can, I suppose. But Oh yeah, please do. I mean, there are many, many pyramids around the world and I, I can just picture Jin is at his keyboard right now. Punch, 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 yeah. punch, punch, punch <laughs> a whole bunch of information. <laughs> so welcome that information. But um, yeah. yeah, there's many of them around the, the world. And um, I think, you know, there's so many archaeological, uh, yeah, archaeological um, bits of info coming out now. It's almost like uh, we can't really keep yeah. it. I think the internet sort of has... They've shot themselves in the foot a little bit with the internet in the sense that they can't really keep control of some of this stuff coming out. So now they've just got to let it come yeah, out, yeah. muddy the waters and whatever. But, but yeah, it, really interesting. It's, um, it's definitely it's not a, natural stuff. It's a really great example of something I've noticed in recent past couple of years um, where, you know, I, I like to call myself a skeptic, but just about anything. Um, but there's, you know, the skepticism community out there and the modern skepticism community. And I've, and I've been reading some of their articles and things and boy, is it just so, I don't know, short-sighted or whatever. They, yeah. they, they look, they take a, 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 a story somebody puts out there and they just slap it down because there's, there's no um, peer-reviewed scientific study that proves what this person is saying, regardless of whatever other, um, situational or anecdotal or whatever other evidence that exists or in the in the regard in the archaeological com, um, regard mm -hmm. if there's a, a theory out there for something uh, that's based on an outlying data point that doesn't match the the current line of, of data and you say well this is out of place what if blah 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 the community smacks it down and yep. says nope that does not have anything to do with our current theory. It doesn't fall in line with these lines, so it cannot be true. And they say it was such conviction. And that's what bothers me the most. I don't mind if you you come out with some uh, off-the-wall theory and then you could say, well, that's it's really doesn't make sense because there's not a lot of evidence for that. I don't have a problem with somebody saying that, but they just, boy, do they come after it. And yeah, and like this, people like this, Neil deGrasse ass, he's been yes, placed like there him. purely to do that. <laughs> yeah, that guy, he's one of them. And uh, yeah, and this this story uh, really caught my eye because I I read about it in an archaeology magazine that was just smacking it down, saying all of these theories about it are ridiculous. There's no chance that this could be older than whatever. And it's just a pile of, of stones and blah, blah, blah. Or people lived here, but it wasn't that long ago because we don't have any evidence that's otherwise that supports there was communities of people in Indonesia at the time or something like that. And they just throw it out the window. And look mm -hmm. who's here. We got the man, Tunes. Yeah. 
I'm working on my mic. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Hey, too. Yeah. While you're doing that, tunes, um, I'm gonna read some comments. Welcome. Uh, we're happy to have you here, buddy. So yeah. I was gonna say that uh, Sir Tim said, I and I. Okay, my pronunciation is probably not gonna be great here, but I'm gonna do my best. Okay. Uh, he said they still can't figure out non medal and think Yanoguni is a natural formation. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've got... I bet that information came from the Smithsonian Institute. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We have... Ando is also joining the party. What is up, Ando? Hey, Jin said, the most interesting in Indonesia is... (laughs) Forgive me. Pandisuka? No, it's Borodurpur, Star Temple to receive lightning. Mm. Oh, yeah. And okay. he said we have converted Kiel. And <laughs> what? Then Sir Tim converted said Jen's got Norman that ninth isn't. degree black belt in esoterica. I'm in the presence of a master. Agreed. Um, it's a it's a lot of fun to hear Jen's takes on this stuff as well. And uh, as well as Ando and Sir Tim. So a lot of fun. Um all right, Tunes is here as well, and we welcome Tunes. Yeah. Hey, y'all. Hey. Now we're in. Hey, hey, hey. How's the free state of New Hampshire doing? It's cold. <laughs> Tis the season. It's, it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no snow yet, but it's, it's getting real cold. All right. Well, anyway, that's... Um, that's about the end of my story. I just, um, it's another example, uh, that, that breaks the current thinking. Um, uh, there was one over in Turkey, probably 10, 20 years ago that they found, uh, not go not go begly tepe, but, uh, something like that. Maybe that, maybe that is the name. Like it's one of those over there, but it was, they only uh, excavated a very small portion of it, but they found these huge megalithic structures and it was dated to 13 to 15,000 years old, which is older than the oldest one they had found up to that time. And this one's even older than that. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens, but it, I, I find all this stuff fascinating. I, I love archeology span as our old time listeners probably know, but. Uh, I'm with you, Keels. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing is, is how do we actually know? Because if you have people at the Smithsonian or at a university that are the ones that are doing the excavating, that have access to the site, that are testing the soil, I trust them as much as I trust Anthony Fauci to do a PCR test on me. These these people that came out with this new study aren't from the Smithsonian or anything. They're they're local archaeologists. Um, doing their own studies, which is pretty much true everywhere. I don't, you know, most of the archaeology studies in the world aren't conducted by the Smithsonian. There's universities all over the place that send out teams that look at sites that have gained attention. Maybe they're trustworthy, maybe they're not, but well, what, they're what they're under, reporting is always interesting. They're under, uh, I suppose, I don't know, contract is quite the right word, but they're under the understanding that, you know, if there's anything significant found that... Um, Okay, thank you. We'll take over from here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're going to steal um, this shit. <laughs> sometime. Yeah. Um, it's just like, I can't think of his name right now. Probably Gene knows who I mean, but um, 
the dude in in Egypt that's very well known for uh, oh, being on site with you might uh, know, yeah. Zai Hawass, that guy, the Similar. director of, sounds director of antiquities something. over in Egypt. Hummus. Yeah, that guy is. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, definitely a government agent, that one, for sure. Oh, yeah. but, Has uh, been that's for, the sort of thing that goes time. on. He's just the most famous one. Yeah. Hey, Kills, can you give Toons a Reader's Digest version of your story just to bring him in the loop on that? Uh, yeah, there's a, a um, historic site over in Indonesia that people have been claiming is ancient and important, and the ar greater archaeological community has dismissed all of those claims, but there's a new uh, analysis of it that came out, and their results were that this giant pyramid is actually tens of thousands of years old 27,000 years old maybe and so and their their methods look sound and so it's actually garnered some attention from the the mainstream archaeologists so it's just an example of you know don't dismiss things out of hand you know things can change science changes that's what it's supposed to do and you gain more evidence and your, your story can become more complex and you need to be open to that it was my point. I don't, I don't think Fauci has changed much at all, really. Isn't he the science? <laughs> he, he is, he the is science. in my fact, bad. the science. Yes, yeah, Stella. Um, well, I'm glad I, that you knew that well, you know he that. said he was, so, you know, must be true. Reliable. I don't know if anybody um, touched on this, but I, the just the pictures of the old Indonesian pyramids remind me a lot of um, the old, um, like, Central America's, Northern South America pyramids. Mm -hmm. um, like just the, the architecture yeah exactly exactly yes. I, I don't know if it's just because the jungle's taking over or, or if it's the actual architecture of it but um there's, there's obviously a greater story than uh anybody's letting us uh touch on yeah that's yeah. sort of the step pyramid type yes. situation it's the, like the very first the, pyramid i visited when i went to egypt was the oldest one in a place called memphis right not tennessee <laughs> I think it was Sahara, <laughs> perhaps yeah, yeah that was um, and that pyramid. was a sort of a that really really old like it was yeah. very you know wind worn and what have you but yeah that was sort of a step pyramid -y type shape this, so this one in indonesia i'm talking about is also a step pyramid so mm, there's and uh cambodia oh the, the stacks of them well i wanted to ask have y'all seen the meme uh that basically has the pyramid of what we see and then it is underground almost like an iceberg that it's basically a huge um like <laughs> uh like a huge washington monument basically mm, huge oh washington yeah monument. yeah i think i've seen that like that was it, that was another thing i wanted to bring up too um yeah that 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 area of the world is uh you know it's covered in water it's it's islands it's um I, i'm sure uh the oceans have have overtaken a lot of those sites i mean there's a lot of sites off the coast of Florida and um, like Doggerland is, is one of the things that I'm thinking of. Um, how much has like been buried, just right. taken over by, by the yes. ocean mm -hmm. in that area yeah. of the world. Think and about, then, oh, go ahead. Oh, hold on one sec, Stel, or uh, Kiel, sorry. Uh, Tim said, every time I see those megalithic stru structures, I ask the same question, how the heck? I agree with that. And Jen said, I like Kiel's Archeo takes because it grounds the discussion in rationality. I agree with that. And Ando said he just drove through Memphis, Tennessee and saw a pyramid. <laughs> uh, yeah. What was I going to say? I don't know. Uh, tunes. You had something to add? 
Well, um, Indonesia is a, a chain of islands, and um, the oceans, ocean levels change over time, obviously. Uh, I'm thinking of um, Doggerland between uh, Britain and like Denmark. And also there's the, uh, I forget what it's called. There's like an ancient road Bimini. off the coast of Florida um, in the it's ocean, called, buried in the ocean. Uh, so it's called something like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, there you go. That that that's what I, uh, I'm thinking of is is how many of these sites are are just taken over by nature yeah. over time. And if if you think about it, it really isn't even necessarily time. If you think about that huge earthquake that happened in the South Pacific, I don't remember when, maybe 20 years ago or something, and it caused islands to be completely knocked off course down there, like they were shifted in place and overcome with water and huge uh um what do you call them the big tidal waves came flying across so you know that kind of shit over the course of millions of years thousands of years however old you think the earth is um happens right that's yeah that's just 20 years never mind thousands of yeah yeah yeah. so you never know what's buried under the ocean what was the the statistic we've only explored something like five percent of the entire ocean something like that can, can we do that before we go to mars <laughs> that would I think be that's nice. a lot cooler and it and probably less fake i don't know definitely <laughs> definitely and uh as cell <laughs> said space is fake and gay so that's something to consider uh ando said that bass pro has a pyramid memphis is a shithole country <laughs> <laughs> Bass Pro <laughs> is not a shithole country, though. Although it probably depends on which city you're going to one in. Yeah. Um, Stella, let's move on to your story. You Just something? for the record, when I say space is fake and gay, I haven't got a clue, but um, it's sort of, you know, <laughs> partly joking. But the other side of it is they're lying about everything else, so it wouldn't surprise yeah. me. Just, yeah. just for the record. Agreed. Yep. Yeah. I'm there too. Yeah. I right. like that take. <laughs> so, uh, sort of to my region. Um, it's a dog-eat-dog dog world, but uh, the South Korea's first lady, Kim Kyon-hee, explains, did I do that well? Explains dog-meat ban plan to Queen Camilla. So she and her husband, who is the 13th president, President Yoon Suk-yeol, <laughs> uh, have just visited um, King Charles and Queen Camilla and uh, discussed things like what you'd expect, but along those things as well is uh, the, according to a presidential spokesman, is the uh, plan to ban the consumption of dog meat. So this is black and white pilled. Um, Touting the move initiated by the administration of President Yung Si Hyung Sok Yong and the ruling party to ban dog meat sales by 2027, Ms. Kim described the proposed legal ban as a constructive step to enhance the awareness of animal rights, which a little bit, that's a little bit of a line that sounds good, but is, can have connotations, but we shall continue. Uh, Mr. Yoon's term ends in May 2027, by the way. So just as they get this in, their term ends. So not sure how valid this all is really, because it's a pretty big culture. Um, Dog eating culture still persists in Korea, Miss Kim said, as she brought up the issue during her meeting with the Queen. Uh, Mr. Yoon and Miss Miss Kim have six dogs and five cats. 
which I suppose you could call prepping, really. But uh, so in <laughs> South Korea, <laughs> I believe the <laughs> I believe the motivations were all good. Yeah, we'll probably continue. so. In South Korea, there were about 3,500 farms breeding dogs to sell them for slaughter. Now, just while we're on that subject, it depends who you talk to because uh, there's another another article that I went to that said there's about 1,150 dog breeding farms. Now, I mean, that's probably 1,150, way too many. But uh, whether they've sort of lumped that in with slaughterhouses and distribution companies and restaurants as well, maybe so, which comes to about 3,000. So, yeah, it's a lot. It's a pretty big market. Um, before the end of 2023, the South Korean government aims to introduce a special bill, which I'd sort of like to know the actual definition of a special bill. What does that mean outside the constitution? Does that mean rushed through? I'm not sure. That spells out, uh, that spells out criminal consequences for those that uh, participate in the dog meat industry. These include dog farms, slaughterhouses, distribution centres and restaurants. Uh, if the proposed bill passes in the National Assembly, a three-year grace period would be extended to 2026. So, yeah, bugger for those dogs. Yeah. Um, we welcome King's efforts as we look forward to her further endeavours, said Queen Camilla, according to a statement from a <laughs> spokesperson. The animal rights issue was among the topics on which Ms. Kim exchanged views with King Charles III and Queen Camilla, along with, all together now, Climate change. But also, also, which I find kind of concerning, literature. Okay, so that might be educational literature. I'm not really sure what they mean by literature, but that kind of sounds censorshipy to me, but whatever. Uh, Healthcare, of course, and well-being because they love us, don't they? They care about us so much. So they're keeping us safe. Um, that's all just blah blah okay so king charles during his discussion spoke about his food waste reduction project which saves extra food and circulates it through charities to tackle food poverty whereas meanwhile kind people in places like san francisco etc are being arrested for feeding the homeless but nevertheless uh so it just goes on that you know they all invite each other. Oh, Prince William has been invited to come to South Korea to experience its unique culture. Well, you know, I mean, let's hope they don't feed him dog because he might get a taste for it. I mean, it's probably just been, about to uh, say corgis <laughs> up till now, isn't it? So yes, um, that's sort of basically the gist of what's going on there. Um, sounds all pretty good, but it could be because we know that they hide behind. Okay, we, they hide behind children, disabled people, old people animals and what's the other one there's another few i'm sure there's plenty so i don't know (laughs) but what i did notice and it was only probably five minutes before we went on the show and i sort of wish it had been sooner uh since he's come back or since they have returned from the uk which was about three days ago four days ago back in south korea apparently there's been a spy agency shake-up in south korea and I think that's interesting timing after returning from a conference with the, the king and the queen. And yes. all of a sudden, South Korean National Intelligence Service Director and two of his top deputies, all three whom are believed to have been fired. So uh, there's a big shake-up of the echelon of the, nature's, mm. uh, the nation's spy agency. And uh, that's all happening. So I'm sorry, I, I can't really bring you more about that because I didn't have time to go into it. But I thought that was very interesting, that timing. 
That is very interesting. Um, mm. The biggest so, hiccups, I guess. I mean, South Korea with a wasn't that a deep fake that got voted in? If I remember correctly, that was the first like presidential deep fake that was engaged. AI or something weird like that. Yes, it was a deep fake. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Jen said that your uh, Asian language pronunciation was very good. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. And uh, Ando or uh, Ando said Stella is stellar. <laughs> <laughs> Um, sleepy spice and then jen said dog is actually really good for kidney yang deficiency very warming food makes you virile and warm in the winter oh okay Uh, thank you jen because i just if i could just say that uh i had something underlined here where it says eating dog meat has been an age-old practice on the korean peninsula and is seen as a way to beat the summer heat so it warms you up in winter and cools you down in summer. How does that figure, Jin? If you it just said a warming summer. food makes you virile and warm in the winter. I know, but um, it says here it's a way to beat the summer heat, so it must cool you down as well somehow. That's I, I, a dichotomy. I, I think you read that wrong. I think it said they have to okay. uh, beat their the the doggies' meat. Right. No, they don't say that. Sir Tim said, well, of course the royals are cool with not eating dogs. They prefer don't babies. They, <laughs> so true. That wasn't a, that wasn't a sexual reference. Get um, your head out of the gutter. No, no, it was a pun. I got it. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. Pun run. Sir Tim said, <laughs> I have now. a friend that visited family in Korea and uh, and ate dog. He told me that if he didn't know what it was, it would have been some of the tastiest meat he's ever had. Jen said it's very oily, Tim, like dark meat turkey. Ando said the dog days of summer. Um, Yeah, so I know culturally that, you know, that it's a thing, right? And even one of my clients had spent all this money on a horse and the horse was having issues and he wasn't behaving. He wasn't really taking to his training, whatever. And she said, if I don't keep him or make sure that he goes to a good home then he could very well be on a truck headed to mexico in a horse meat factory and on somebody's plate in france because they eat horses there like you know we don't do that here so cultural differences but um sure i can't imagine eating a dog but i think that uh, tunes might have something to say about animals that are commonly eaten but once you see a little bit of their personality you can't really eat them anymore right tunes well at least for the pigs in my backyard yeah that's who i was talking (laughs) about (laughs) we'll give them a pass the biggest takeaway for me for this story is that uh i'll I'll call it like cultural laws are way more important than um uh i don't even know how to describe this um written laws i guess um, politicians laws, um, the, the cultural law is, uh, is, is going to win out end of the day. I mean, I wouldn't eat my dogs. I wouldn't eat anybody's dogs, but like you said, uh, a, a lot of places eat horse. It's just kind of what you're raised in. Oh, of course. Right. Of course. Yep. And like the Indians, um, you know, they, not everybody, I guess, but you know, they have the whole sacred cow thing that we eat cows all the time here but they they don't and Sticks we don't treat tasty. them very well yeah i mean that's the thing the abattoirs <laughs> here oh well in australia i guess probably the same over there uh it's not a place that you would probably want to visit if you uh enjoy your beef because i don't think they you know <laughs> go to too much effort to make their 
last breath comfortable. They certainly don't give them a cigarette or a last meal or anything, take them out to a movie. Um, so, yeah, you wouldn't want to see that. But, so it's a little bit hypocritical in a way. Um, but there, that said, uh, unfortunately, I still uh, have not been able to wipe those horrible images that a few years ago I did succumb myself to just to make sure it was all actually happening and it damn well was of how uh yeah they some of them i'm not going to put everyone in the same boiling pot but um some of them uh, yeah tend to not be very kind when they're doing their meat um often alive right. <clears throat> yeah if you're not aware and you're listening to us you're not aware according to the internet and very real videos some people, I don't know how widespread the belief is, but they believe that uh, torturing the poor animal before slaughtering it uh, to release adrenaline and whatever into their bloodstream makes the meat more adrenochrome, makes it more tasty. So mm -hmm. they tend to just do horrific things to these animals in order to, to achieve that that uh, flavor profile, I guess. And uh, and then they then they slaughter them. But my guess is the the bigger factories don't take all that time to do all that. They probably just slaughter them and package them and ship them out would be my guess. But I've never been to one, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, it's nowhere I will ever go, that's for sure. Yeah, um, I, I also I had a bit of a, I, a little bit of a personal campaign some years ago. Gosh, it must be about... 2006 or seven now maybe earlier um about the the well the chinese fur factories because they were the, the narrative being pushed at the time and uh, of course i feel hook line and sinker because they're they're not real choosy <laughs> i mean they'll anything that moves basically um it's not just cats and dogs and things it's all sorts of raccoon dogs and pangolins and i don't know it's just yeah. horrific um but you know at the same time if you're in that culture and it's normal and you're a starving peasant you can't really you know judge from this cushy western world can we so right. it's from from our point of view it's horrific but yeah it's, it's think life, about those uh they have sort of a bush meat open air type uh food places i don't know uh, in africa uh, yep. right along the the jungles there mm -hmm. and they you know you go out and you kill something bring it back and they cook it up on the stove and sell it to the people walking around in the market and that's just how it is you know yep. they kill whatever yeah you kill a gorilla bring it back in and chop up the meat and put it on the put it on the barbie or, you know buy yeah. yourself a nice gorilla hand ornament or you yeah. know an elephant yeah. foot umbrella holder Stella, you're going to get Ando for this. I'll start. He said that everything is on the menu as shit gets realer. I bet everyone who lived under communism never expected to eat certain critters in their life. And Jen said, likely true. true. And then Ando said, stumpy steaks. Ooh. I'll deal with him later, Mr. Crump Muffin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if anybody doesn't know, Stumpy is Stella's pet lizard that she's getting to know, and she hand feeds at the Worm Cafe in the garden every day. So, I'm highly Ando, rude. Ando may even be correct. I have not. It, Stumpy is MIA. He has still not. Still? Returned. Still. Oh. It's been a while. Stumpy comes back. I do too. Yeah. He's yeah. a cool guy. Um, can I can I try to tread lightly on this one? And I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but uh, I think it's a um, 
Western thing to try to treat our meat well. Um, I know I every time I, I take an animal, I very much respect it and, and try to make it quick and painless as possible. And I think that's a very uh, Western thing to do. Um, I'll use that word. Um, regardless of what you're eating. And uh, I think ad absurdum, like it, it's taken to uh, like the veganism movement. And that's all um, short white chicks from LA. Um, mm -hmm. So that is like Western ad absurdum of uh, how we treat our meat. I think Eastern ad absurdum is uh, trying to get the adrenochrome, adrenochrome out of the dogs. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I, go ahead, Stella. I was just going to say, if you look at nature, the way um, a big cat kills its prey, it, it, it respects its prey. It, it kills it as quickly as possible. It's, I mean, it's probably efficient for itself. It's probably not out of mercy, but they have figured out a way to quickly kill so that they can get on with their eating, you know. It's not like, I mean, I'm not going to say that things don't eat things alive. Of course they do. But they seem to, like, I mean, from what I've seen, you know, a big cat will go straight for the throat, hold its mouth on it, you know, basically until it knows it's dead and then do its business sort of thing. But um, so there's that. Mm. Um, there's no need to, I, I, I don't know. I mean, a cat will play with, you know, for fun with a mouse, for instance, but it's not always, it won't always eat it. That's just a game. I think when they're eating things and looking for prey, they're going to pretty much do it quick. It just seems to be the way. Yeah, there's. Uh, I could be wrong. There's even. No, you're right. There's uh, animals that will. I mean, chimpanzees are have been observed hunting for sport. They don't even eat the animal that they kill. Um, but uh, there are animals like the shrike is a bird, and it will decapitate. I may I may get the details wrong, but it will decapitate its prey and pin the decapitated head to like areas around in its territory as wow as some kind of like a warning uh, yeah as a warning to other Savage. animals and stuff yeah Ooh. it's it's brutal so i did want to bring this i mean not to dwell on this topic i really don't but they do talk about the treatment of animals like what keel was mentioning in the tv show house of cards um frank underwood played by you know this is weird because we you know, I think that Kevin Spacey, I don't want to get sued, but I think he's up to some nefarious stuff. And he's he, in the they, series? Yeah, he's the president. Oh. Yeah. He's not and, in it anymore. Did he come back? He's, no. He, he got, they like, they he killed got his out. character off, spoiler okay. alert, after he was accused <laughs> of whatever else he was accused of. Yeah. But, um, but one of the conversations that he has with one of the guys on the show is that they mistreat the pigs um ahead of time because it supposedly makes the makes it taste better and i will also say that that precedent is in the ether when it comes to the whole adrenochrome conversation like stella brought up that's even in a stephen king book uh the sequel to the shining so that book is known as dr sleep and there's a group of people who have psychic abilities and they will they have the ability to detect children and other people that have psychic abilities and they can either bring them into the group or 
they torture them so that they can steal their life force. And the more scared and in pain the child is, the more powerful the life force that they still is. So I think that they're, I don't know. I don't think there's no reason that that's out there, you know, because I think that sounds very predator class if you believe that they're satanic pedophiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I that's, that's what I go. I was sort of bringing this more along the lines of the, um, <laughs> we'll just bring it back a little bit because it's getting really dark. Um, we'll just bring it back to the political sort of thing that of that they kind of bringing in these things, perhaps looking kind of pretty good. Um, because it's, I think it's the 63% of the Korean people, well, particularly the, the new generation, the younger people are quite against the consumption of dog meat it's it's more of an older cultural thing it's more of the older people tend to do it so um th- yeah things are changing anyway so in that sense they're maybe setting themselves up to be brought in again for the next i don't know if they can serve two terms in a row in south korea or i haven't looked into it that far it seems to be a five-year term because they were brought in this current what's his name <laughs> He was he was brought in last year, and his term goes to twenty twenty seven. So President Yoon Suk Yeol um, was uh, yeah twenty twenty seven. So they're obviously five year terms. I think they're just sort of building up their um, popularity. That's the word I'm looking for. So yeah. I don't know. To in order to bring in other things, perhaps I don't know. That's what I was going to say. It sounds like in in what you're bringing up as far as legislation goes, I think that it's always something else, right? So here's the other thing. If they start telling people what you can and cannot eat or they start restricting it and restricting it and restricting it and you kind of made this point, well, then I think that it sets a dangerous precedent because if we're in the new world order and we are and it's happening in other places, then that means who's to say that they're not going to say, well, you know. Yep. No more dog. Here's your bugs. Um, so exactly. Part of, it, part of it is just uh, the animal rights thing is also part of the green agenda, isn't it? I mean, I already read yep. somewhere this morning, whether it's legit or not, that the uh, elite have sort of said, oh, we want 80% of the world to be basically without you peasants. That's paraphrasing. Um, whether that's true or not, I don't know. Haven't looked into it, but uh, it pretty much sounds like where it's heading, according to the Agenda 2030 in the the whole green zones that we're not going to be allowed to go into under the guise of, you know, indigenous rights and all that kind of thing. I just want to lean into um, cultural laws are way more important than legislative laws. Yeah, that's why the UN are hiding behind Mm -hmm. the cultural, the indigenous people, etc. with the undrip. So for for us freaks, we got to take over the cultural aspect rather than vote harder. Yeah, we know voting yeah. is not going to, we know that voting doesn't work. What? Sorry, we, Twins, did you just say we have to embrace the cultural aspect? I, I, I would say, um, yeah, try to uh, change cultural law, cultural sentiment, I guess, uh, rather than this elitist, uh, or populist, rather, um, vote harder, uh, we can get our guy. Um, you know, once dog meat is culturally taboo, dog meat goes away. Once 15-minute cities are culturally taboo, 15-minute cities go away. Right, right. Right, so we sort of basically need a lot more people to wake up. We have to, we have to <laughs> keep posting, posting those memes. That's the key. 
memes are going to save but, uh, the world. I, I, Meme I, to death. Well, I, I, I would say don't be don't be afraid to um, speak your mind. Yeah. Oh, for sure. We we definitely have to get out of this suppression thing because I mean, if we're not going to comply, then we have to not comply with any of it. And that is, you know, I mean, I found myself sometimes going, "Oh, can you say that?" And then afterwards, going, "What the hell? I shouldn't have done that. I should have just said it." You know. Mm. Um. So we have to just keep speaking out. But the problem is, they've got the guns. <laughs> we will. Yeah. They've got the they've got the force. You know. They've May the force the be not with them, but they, it is. Yeah. They got the microphone too. Yeah, but that's the biggest thing. Like I've I've always said, like for example, our show is a is a white pill. You know, we came all came together, we all make this show, and it happens. And that's that's what it's. This is the kind of thing that I think Tunes is referring to. We need to change people's minds and wake people up, and in the well, in the, still you know, the classic sense, not the not the current shitty sense but yeah because don't forget who's got control of the internet i mean they can turn us off at the flick of a switch basically you know so if yeah. they open that shoebox <laughs> we can always record on vhs tapes and mail them carrier to each pigeons. other yeah. <laughs> carrier pigeons distribute like parrots. Parrots. the uh, first amendment <laughs> well we're, we'll keep doing it anyway until they shut us off how about that hopefully it'll make a difference i don't know so uh, that's the whole point. On, on that high note maybe um let's uh let's wrap it up here because we're pretty past the uh the one hour mark the high field i know some of us need to skedaddle so uh i want to thank uh ashley and stella for your uh stories and insights and tunes for showing up because tunes is the cool one in the group you know yeah happy to have you tunes thanks for having me good to see y'all absolutely and i want to thank all the listeners and watchers and the future listeners who are going to hear this when it posts officially um and for those and of us who don't already know already know how ashley how can people get in touch with the union of the unknown well keel i'm glad you asked they can find us over at our webpage, which is our Linktree page, and that is unionoftheunknowns.com with all the myriad ways to get in touch with us, including how to get into our Discord server, and we would welcome them there. And you can also find me over on Twitter at unionunknowns with the uh, Union of the Unknowns Twitter page. I'd just Very like good. to offer a uh, special shout out to all the cats and dogs out there. Uh, love your guts, just preferably not with vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't want to eat their guts anyway, Stella. You gotta go for that haunch meat. Yeah, it's that's, pretty that's awful. The, that's the sweet meat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for joining us. We are Union of the Unknowns and we are out. I see ya. Of course Bye. we are. Bye guys. <laughs>